Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Chasing Justice with me, your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I'm thrilled and excited to be here once again. So listen, we're going to do a little rundown today on on some topical things that are going on. There's some big things going on in our country right now, things that are going to affect you, going to affect your children, your grandchildren, your parents, everybody. And then we're going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, crime and some crime situations and some events that I've investigated and, and lessons we can learn from them. So let's start our spin around the country. So we saw President Biden had a lengthy phone call with President Xi from China. The purpose of this call, ostensibly, was so that they could try and work out their differences as tensions are rising between the two superpowers. Does anybody anybody think that there's a little imbalance in that in that phone conversation in the power that's going on there? You know, I don't like to, to speak negatively of my country in any way, but I have to say that our leader does not really seem to be up to the job. What's he going to do? Uh, threaten uh, President Xi? All President Biden and a lot other politicians, Republicans and Democrats, seem to want to give China a, a pass on just about everything they do. You know, we, we don't want to hold them accountable. I understand the president now wants to remove uh, the tariffs that President Trump placed on China to try and slow them down, straighten them out. He wants to give them back uh, favored nation status. Are you kidding me? Favored nation status? They created a virus that either escaped their lab or purposely got out of their lab that has killed a million Americans and millions of people around the world. They threaten, uh, they threaten militarily to go after Taiwan, which are, are we're supposed to have a relationship with Taiwan, uh, that we're supposed to help them in case anything happened. They're threatening us. They say they want to overtake the economies of the world and have China be the leading economic uh, country in 2050. Well, that's not very far from now. It seems like a long time. It's really not. It's 30 years for them to take over our place and displace us. And once we're displaced on the world stage, uh, and if we continue down the route that we're down, the world changes forever. You know, the people, they don't always realize that. But without America being the country that we are, being the most powerful and the biggest economic power in the world, without us holding this place, the world will devolve quickly into skirmishes, wars, uh, and you will see the rise of tyranny across the globe that we haven't seen uh, since the last time we saw a major uh, move like the Nazis rolling around on the planet trying to take over the world. This is what is down the road for all of humanity if this takes place. So when I look at this and I say, do I really expect Joe Biden to be able to hold Xi to his, his word? Well, I don't think he can for a couple of reasons. And I'm speculating here, so, you know, this is what I'm speculating. Why does Biden apparently give in to the Chinese or, or show them deference when he should be demanding to know what happened with this coronavirus? 
He should be demanding that they uh, stop building uh, islands that they're calling resorts. And we all know that they're really military bases to cut off the flow of uh, naval traffic at some point when they're going to need that. And, and, and demand that. But I don't see him doing it. And why don't they? Well, it is, is my conjecture that they get so much money from China. The Biden, the Biden families, the Biden uh, f- businesses, the, the, Bi- the corruption of the Biden family uh, with Hunter and, and all of all the things that they do. Uh, they get tons and tons of money from China, as do many, many, many other politicians on both sides of the aisle. And I think in the case of the Bidens, there's probably been a, a warning issued whether it was verbally or whether it's just kind of known that if you go after China, if you push too hard, they probably have the goods on them. They could probably do a document dump which would demonstrate all the money that not just Joe Biden, but all the, all the politicians who have received money from China and are still receiving money from China will, uh, will be revealed. Now, again, that's conjecture on my point. But why else... Would the president treat an obvious enemy? China is not our ally. They're obviously an enemy. They're a competitor. Uh, and they would hurt us very badly if they have the opportunity. So why that? Why what reason would there be? And that's one of the only ones I can think of. Because we know, just on face value, we know how deep the corruption of the Biden family goes. All of them uh, that are involved in these deals, these sleazy deals. That if a Republican even had anything like this uh, insinuated they were involved in. There would be uh, House investigations, there would be DOJ investigations, but instead we see absolutely nothing, and we just see President Joe and the other politicians going down the road, letting China do what they want to do, wherever they want to do it, to our detriment. So I think that's really what this is probably all about, and I, I find that not only disheartening, but I think it's very dangerous. Now we're having the Chinese come in and buy millions of acres of farmland near our military bases. Why, why would they want that? Why would the Chinese want farmland in America? Shouldn't there be some kind of a law that America's enemies cannot own property or assets in the United States? Now I know. And I'm not saying a complete ban on any investment or anything in the United States. It's a world economy to a large degree, and many American industries do need outside investors, and people do come in from around the world and buy things. But to understand you have the Chinese government, a communist government, who who is basically sworn to destroy us and displace us, is buying millions of acres of property in our country, where they could sneak in things. They could sneak in listening devices for our military. They could sneak in devices... That could maybe, what, disrupt our communications at our military bases or at a, at a moment's notice? Who knows? Why would we take that kind of a chance? I'd say, no, you can invest in companies, you can do this, that, and the other thing, but you can't buy all that land. Absolutely not. I think the Congress should put together a law immediately that says you can't do that and it's retroactive. And whatever the land is worth, we buy it back from them. You know, we buy it back from them and get them out of here. So... What's something that's affecting all of us today? What's affecting all of us uh, in our country that we all now have to deal with? That's right. We are technically 
in a recession. You know, using the exact same format that's been used to decide what a recession is for the past 10 recessions, I think going all the way back to the 1940s here in America, two consecutive quarters in a row of loss of GDP, right? shrinking GDP, gross domestic product, has been the, the, uh, the, the cornerstone of the definition of what a recession is. Well, we've just had that. So the United States is now in recession. We're in a recession. We went from the most booming, wild economy under Donald Trump. Yes, the evil orange man. He had a great economy going because of his policies. Like him or not, it's the truth. The economy was booming. Everything was was going really well. And now we're back into recession. That means we have 9% inflation. We are going to see, well, we're already seeing the housing market stop, slow and stop. Uh, interest rates are now 5, 5.5%. The uh, Fed has just raised interest rates another 0.75, and they're going to add another 0.75 basis points in September, they're saying. So you're going to start seeing credit cards. You know, how much credit card debt do you have? You know, it's bad enough when you're lucky to have a credit card with 16 or 18% interest. Now it's going to be 27, 28, 29% interest. You're never going to get out of credit card debt. If you have loans that are based on, on, the, uh, on the prime rate, like if you have a HELOC, a uh, home equity line, that's connected to that, maybe yours was uh, prime rate plus 1%. And when it was 3%, that was a 4% loan on the value of your house, and you could buy things, pay off credit card. It was a good move. Now it's going to go up to 6 7 8 12 22%, just like back in the 1970s. We're repeating the same exact mistakes for the same exact reasons. It's about policy. How can I just drill this through everybody's head? It's about policy. And there are people out there, including some listening to me right now, because I know you're out there, uh, that are on the progressive side of things. And they don't understand how damaging their policies are. This push for socialism, this push to, uh, you know, have an outcome-based uh, life instead of uh, outcomes based on uh, your activities, right? When we start to do all those kind of things, what we're looking at is we're seeing a downfall of, of what our country should be about, freedom, liberty, personal, um, personal gain based on hard work. What you put in is what you get out, that kind of thing. And now that we're in recession, lots of companies are now looking at the future saying, well, if we're in recession, less people are going to buy my products. So therefore, I don't need as many people. They're going to start forecasting that business is going to be down. So it's time to lay off people. So you're going to have people, some people you know, maybe even you, are going to lose your job over this. And this could last... I don't know if we if we elect a Republican Congress and Senate in November, then the chances we or we might be able to fix things two years from then when we get a, if we get a Republican president uh, that we can reverse all of these policies and go back to the things that worked. Now I, I can't imagine. I've seen this in my life now. I've only been around uh, you know uh, sixty years. But in my lifetime, I have seen this happen over and over and over again. I don't understand it. That people see, okay, we have a Republican and we see the economy is good and we see we're respected around the world 
and we see this and that. And then we say, well, things are so good. Let's vote for a Democrat now. It's going to make everything equal. I'm going to do every, all the right things for everybody. And then everything falls apart. It happens over and over and over. And how are people going to go into the voting booths this November with a thought of their own self-interest, the interest of the country, the interest of their children and their grandchildren, and they're going to walk in and push a lever with anybody's name that has a D next to it. I don't understand that. Because all you're asking for is more of the same. You, you get what you see. And what do we see? This is, this is not Lieutenant Joe making things up about people because I don't like people. I hate people. That's not true. I talk about policy. Progressive left-wing policy is detrimental to economic growth. It's detrimental to your freedom. It's detrimental to uh, uh, our our republic. Oh, you're going to get rid of democracy if you vote for Democrats, if you vote for Republicans. Your vote for Republicans are going to ruin democracy. Isn't that what they say? It's exactly the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. So this recession, which I have to tell you, I'm not an economics expert. I'm not. But I could see this coming based on policy, just like I could see gas prices going up. When Uncle Joe told us during the election that I'm going to get rid of fossil fuels. Well, when he can fly around in, uh, in Air Force One, powered by sun power or by, so- or by a, a windmill on top of uh, the airplane, then I'll say, wow, maybe this technology is pretty good, but it's not pretty good right now. It doesn't exist so that it can take over for fossil fuels, for oil, coal natural gas. These are the lifeblood of our economy, energy. And I knew as soon as he said he's going to get rid of that, people applaud and cheered like seals. Get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. And then he started doing it, cutting back on the pipeline on day one, cutting back. Oh, you, there's 8,000 leases they could go. There's, there's no, nobody knows there's any oil there. You got to go where the oil is. And he cut that all off, right? So it's a lot of nonsense, but it's policy. And we are now in recession, and we are now going to suffer the consequences of recession. The consequences, based on those people who went in and voted for Joe Biden, because they didn't like the orange man. They didn't like the way he said things. They didn't like the way he said things. Oh my God, he tweeted such terrible things. Meantime, get ready for what you're about to live through for all you people who voted for Joe Biden. All right. When you see your kids losing their jobs, people are going to lose their homes. They're not going to be able to afford things. It's going to become difficult. You're not going to have the money you thought you were going to have for your retirement. You're not going to have the money you would have thought you would have had in your business. Your business might close. You might not survive this recession. Right? There's some people out there saying, well, maybe it'll be a soft, a soft landing and we'll, you know, we'll, it will turn around. Because that's what President Biden is saying. It's going to be a transition, and it's going to be all okay. Uh, you know, six months from now, we'll be back on the mend, and everything is great. I hope so. I certainly hope so. I hope he's right. Right? I don't ever hope bad things for the country. What I can say is, like I said, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a uh, economist, but I knew from past history, when you do the kind of things that he's doing policy-wise, this is the result you get. You get a cutback, you get recession, you get heartache, you get pain, you get tough times, right? Unbelievable that, that people see this when they go into that booth and they, they do not realize what the lessons of history are teaching us, right? The lessons of history teach us over and over again that these, these left-wing progressive policies are poison 
to our economy, our poison to our way of life. Now, all the other stuff, yeah, we could talk about all the other social things because like I always say, there's there's always room to improve how we get along socially with each other, how we how we accept different kinds of things that we, we didn't understand before. There's room for that always. Economic policy is what's really tough. All right, so we have the recession. We have a recession here now. We're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it. Your family's going to have to deal with it. And, uh, and we'll, see. we'll see how it goes. I hope it, I hope it goes easy and fast and it's over, but I don't think so. Because we've just had Joe Manchin either in the slickest, most slickest possible way um, double-cross everybody who believed in him probably in his own uh, his own constituents, that he finally caved to the pressure. Now, did he cave to the pressure and agree to this Build Back Better bill, uh, the shortened version that they've come up with? I think it's going to add $5 trillion. How's that going to help uh, inflation? By adding $5 trillion more dollars to the deficit. That's not going to help it. It's going to make it worse. But you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe every single time that that's happened uh, was just a coincidence. And this time doing this, adding more money to the economy, going deeper in debt, doing all of this stuff that they're about to do, uh, will turn out to be really, maybe we can tax our way to prominence, that everyone can have a beach house if we just tax the death out of everybody. We can all have a beach house and uh, beautiful vehicles and, and fly on vacation trips. and all. Maybe that's what will happen. Maybe their policies will work out. Do you think it's going to work out that way? I don't think so. I sure hope so, but I don't think so. So Joe Manchin very slickly, either played us all along, uh, but with this, I'm, I will not do this, I will not do that, I will not raise taxes, I will not do... And then at the last minute, on the same day that the recession is announced, he announces that he will support a Build Back Better bill, e- even though it's a smaller version. But he's going to do that. He did that. He stabbed everybody in the back. Unbelievable. He stabbed everybody in the back. I don't even know what to say about it. Uh, I'm very frustrated with it. You know, they're going to raise taxes. You raise taxes at a time you're in recession. They're going to they're going to uh, increase the IRS attacks on individuals. That means you. They're going to come after you for every last dollar. If you owed them three thousand last year, maybe you maybe if they if they audited you and after you, you could owe them three thousand and one dollars. And they're going to come after you for that. They're adding uh, more more uh, IRS people to come after everyone. To make sure that you know, every penny that they can get out of you, they get. That's coming next. But a tax hike on business. What do businesses do when taxes go up? Well, what our friends on the left say they should do is just suck up the extra tax, cut it out of corporate profits, and uh, and uh, keep the products at the same price. That's not how a company works. This is what they don't understand about the free market. A company is not in business to be a social network, to give people jobs. A business is in business to make money. And if you have investors, it's to make the investors a profit. And you do that when more taxes come in the door, you raise the price of your products and services to cover the cost of the tax. It's part of doing business. You don't just go, well, taxes went up 150000 a year, so we're just going to soak that up out of our profits. No. They just raised the price of their products to cover that 150000 which means you pay more. So you're going to have more inflation, which means uh, right now it's at 9%. So if you were very lucky this year and you got a, a 3% raise, 
you still lost 6% of your money's value, even though you got that 3% raise, because it's 9% inflation minus the three that you got, you're still down 6%. You're losing, you're not gaining any ground. Everything is more expensive. Everything is more expensive. You know, I was in the food store the other day, and, you know, we like BLTs around here. We're in the Jersey Shore. We like Jersey tomatoes with nice lettuce and bacon. So a BLT is a, is a fantastic uh, meal around here. So we go to the food store, and you look, and a pound of bacon, the regular, ordinary Oscar Mayer kind of pound of bacon, is, is $10.99 a pound. Now, a pound, if you look at bacon on average, you get 10, 11 slices of bacon, you fry it up in a pan, or you put it in the oven and broil it, however you want to make it, and that shrivels down, and you get probably, I don't know, seven good-sized pieces of bacon for 10 bucks. See how expensive that is? Chopped meat is out of, out of control with the cost. It's just chopped meat, and it's out of the, everything is costing more and more and more. It's just going to keep on going up. And if you're losing money, whatever pay you have, it's going to cost you to feed your family. You're going to have to make other choices. People are already making other choices. When I talk about the bacon, and Oscar Mayer bacon is very good. I love Oscar Mayer bacon. It's delicious. But when we look there, uh, we go now and we look to see which one's on sale. Because every once in a while, they have one for $4.99 a pound. I buy five of them. Put them in the freezer. When I was there the other day, there was three or four other brands, probably 10 or 11 brands of bacon were there. You know, apple smoked, hickory smoked, regular plain, thick cut, you all these names of this kind of bacon. And uh, they had a whole section for Oscar Mayer, different brands, Swift brand, you know, uh, Jimmy Dean, all these different kinds. And the ones that were on sale, they were basically empty and gone. And all the Oscar Mayer bacon was still there. An entire rack full of it at $10.99 a pound. Nobody was buying it. So you can see how people are going to react uh, with their, with their uh, wallets and their buying habits. So how, how, does that, how does that do Oscar Mayer any good to charge $11 a pound for bacon? And nobody bought it. Literally, it was a full shelf of that. Everything else was gone because it was on sale. Even the $8 stuff people bought because it was better than that. You know, I was lucky. I, got the, I saw a bunch of the, the $4.99 brand, and it was very tasty, very delicious, and I went and got it. The whole idea here is that we're seeing these monumental changes in our country, in, in what goes on in front of us. And it all comes down to we have the power to decide how it goes. Now, Miss Kathy will say all the time, uh, when I talk about this, I say, we got to go into that voting booth and vote your best interest. Forget about mean tweets. Forget about what people say. Whose policies are going to be better? Now, I don't know if Trump's going to run again. He might. He's, it's indicating he might. Um, and I think he'd be a much better president than Joe Biden. I just do, just from his policies and what he did. And you know what? When he says something I don't like, I say, oh, well, I wish he didn't say that. I don't like that. But the policies are good. Uh, I can go to work. My family can go to work. I can feed everybody. The electric's on. We can gasoline. All the good stuff. Miss Kathy says to me all the time, well, you know, um, we could go in there and we can vote. But if the elections are toyed with again, uh, and we don't know because we weren't allowed to do a real investigation, and no, for all you people in your underwear taking notes on Lieutenant Joe, I'm not saying the election was stolen. What I'm saying is there was a lot of irregularities we were not allowed to investigate. Um, and if we're not allowed to have open, clear, transparent 
elections where we can all feel confident that, hey, we won or we lost. I'm okay with losing. People didn't believe in uh, the the things I think uh, should be done. They voted another way. Well, that's how it goes. I'm perfectly fine with that. But when we saw all the irregularities in the election, the Michigan Supreme Court came out and said that their election was not done properly, that they violated their own laws. So there's proof there was things not done correctly. We have enough time between now and even November, let alone 2024, to go to all of our legislatures and go, let's straighten out this voting thing now, not the week of. Oh my gosh, there's, there's a head cold going around. We have to change all our rules, even though it's illegal to change them. We got to do it because everybody's got a head cold or whatever comes up next. You see what I'm saying? Why aren't they urgently trying to fix this now? And that's what Miss Cassie says. Uh, her opinion is that, uh, hey, they toyed with it once. They can toy with it again. Why would they fix it? You know, so when they can just do what they want with it. I certainly uh, believe that um, if people come out and vote and they vote in their interest and they vote what's best for themselves, their family and their country, we'll all be better off. So we'll see what's going to happen uh, in come November. Now, one of the last things uh, for this segment that I want to talk about one of uh, one of the greatest brilliant minds I think we have, uh, legal minds we have in the country uh, right now is Justice Clarence Thomas. I think he is a, an amazing man, an amazing human being. I think he's brilliant. I think he's well thought out. Um, uh, every, everything about him as a jurist and a person I think is amazing. And I'm, I'm glad we have him. But because of the Roe versus Wade decision, uh, a course that he has taught at, at a law school, I think it's Georgetown, where he taught for the past, I think, 10 years, they said he taught this course. He taught law students over and over again. The students have risen up and said they don't want him teaching the course. They want him removed because of how he voted in Roe versus Wade. They want him canceled. And the school, you know, I, I don't know if it was Georgetown. It's, it's in Washington, obviously, in that area where he, where he lives came out and said, no, we're not going to fire Justice Thomas. Uh, he's, a, he's a great instructor. He's a great uh, professor. And he's a Supreme Court justice. How could you get better law uh, knowledge than uh, from a Supreme Court justice, regardless of their point of view, right? Uh, any one of them could give you a great lesson in the law because they're on the Supreme Court. They see how things work. Well, they said they weren't going to fire him, which was good. But instead, this week, he announced that... Um, He's going to take a leave from teaching at the at the school, so therefore he he can't he was canceled because of uh, of a court case, and I think that's a great loss for all the law students that would have had him, the privilege to have had him as a, a professor. Uh, it's also a loss for our country that we're allowing this cancel culture to destroy uh, careers and to remove uh, value from our society over this cancel nonsense. So uh, Justice Thomas, I think he is an amazing, brilliant man. And I'm sorry he doesn't get to teach his course, not just for him, but for all the young would-be attorneys that would have taken his course and for all the people that would have been in the courtrooms where these attorneys would have had some insight from such a brilliant man. So once again, cancel culture is destroying part of our country. As a matter of fact, We'll be back in a minute with more Chasing Justice, so stand by.
All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulvidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right, we are back here on Chasing Justice. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back. Uh, I like spending our time together here uh, every weekday at 3 p.m. And you can also listen to us on the podcasts uh, here on America Out Loud. Uh, all of the shows are in podcast form. You can go back and listen to them. Uh, and you can find us on many other uh, podcast sites where you want to get podcasts from. So you can always keep up to date on what everybody's doing and thinking. Now, remember, the purpose of this show, of Chasing Justice, uh, is to examine areas of justice and in all its forms, as well as to keep us keep us up on what's going on uh, culturally in our countries, to keep us go, going on what people are thinking. And my thoughts and my questions, when I question things or I come to a point of view and I, and I express that here, first of all, I'm grateful I have a place to express it. But really, the whole idea is to give you some ideas so that you can express yourself, right? We, we all should be able to think through things, get our opinions together, and uh, and be able to speak intelligently about what's going on in the world. So I want to thank you all. Now, one of the things that's going to help you do that is being healthy. So I want to tell you about Healthy Cell. They advertise here on the uh, on the platform, on the station. 
I take the uh, immune boost all the time. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I feel great. I keep telling you that, that I feel better than I ever have. Uh, I got through COVID very, very quickly. Uh, my doctor uh, who treated me for it also said that he thinks that my immune system is very strong, and I attribute that directly to Healthy Cell. Uh, I also have the, uh, the Focus product to help you focus your mind, you know. Uh, Lieutenant Joe sits here and thinks of lots of thoughts. I write lots of things. I write lots of articles. I'm always doing all kinds of stuff. So I'm starting to take that, and I'm going to report back to you uh, in the next couple of weeks on how I feel, if it's helping me to uh, keep my thoughts concise, to, to help me be quicker in my thoughts. That's what it's supposed to do, and I've heard good reports about it, so I'm trying that, and I'm taking that as well. But I certainly would recommend to anybody that's looking to boost their immune system and be, be healthier is to look at the Healthy Cell uh, Immune Boost product. I, I've been taking it for a while now, and I absolutely feel better. I can report that completely and clearly. So uh, Healthy Cell, it's on the network. You can find out where to get it. Just try, try it. If you don't like it, don't take it anymore. But I'm telling you, it'll make a difference because it, it really has made a difference to me. I wouldn't just uh, say something for the sake of saying it. All right, so healthy cell, go give it a try. So we left off talking about the loss to our country uh, when they go after uh, Clarence Thomas. Now, what's her name? Uh, Justice Kagan. I don't agree with her points of view. I don't agree with her positions, but she's on the Supreme Court. If she's a professor somewhere and I was going to law school, I'd want to sit and learn from her. Right? She's not teaching me her point of view. She's teaching me the law, and she is a justice of the Supreme Court. That has great value. Right? Her insight into how the courts work can help me as an attorney, and that's why I think it's terribly foolish for the cancel culture uh, at that particular school to have gone after Clarence Thomas. Mistake. You made a big mistake. Right? Well, th that's, that. that's happened. Um, we, we saw the TV show. Now, I, I can't admit I don't watch it. Uh, the View. I know it's a very controversial thing because it's a big left-wing, bunch of left-wing uh, people on there. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg and some old comedian woman. I can't remember her name. Um, but they're always making these ridiculous, ridiculous statements and comments. That really, they, when you listen to them, you say, "Well, what the hell are they talking about?" They're really convoluted in their points of view. Whatever. Well, apparently, uh, Charlie Kirk's group, uh, Turning Point, had a big event. Uh, in the last couple of weeks. And a lot of conservative speakers came out and, and spoke and this and that. And then a bunch of Nazis showed up outside protesting. And apparently the speakers on The View came out and associated everybody inside with Nazis because that's what people on the left do. If you're on the right, you're a Nazi. Yeah, it, ridiculous. It is, it is so absurd. When you look at it, which party in control is more likely to affect your rights, to be more Nazi-like in restricting your rights. Is it the Republicans who believe in free speech or the Democrats who try to limit your speech and silence you a la Clarence Thomas, right? Um, is it the Republicans who want to take away your Second Amendment rights and take away your guns? Or is it our Democrat friends who always are constantly coming after the Second Amendment and your guns? Right, so when we when we have to look at these things, we say which party is more likely to uh, affect your rights negatively. Clearly, it's uh, it's the Democrat Party and their policies once again. So to have these people uh, attacking um, 
Charlie Kirk's group, and saying that the people inside were just like Nazis, and the Nazis were there to support them, because that's what they believe in, these Republicans, they want to be Nazis, is ridiculous. And Charlie Kirk uh, threatened uh, legal action against them, and they had to come out and apologize. And they did, and I think that's a good thing. We have to hold people to account. If people say something outrageous, then you have to be able to say that's not right. You can't say outrageous things. Now, I'm going to give a shout-out to my father-in-law, Ted. Uh, you know, I give shout-outs to Ted all the time because Ted listens to the show all the time. He's a big fan of America Out Loud, and he's a big fan of Lieutenant Joe's show, and I appreciate that. But one of the things that Ted is, is always asking is, who is in charge of when, when people come out and blatantly lie, when they make things up? Why doesn't somebody go after them? And that's a good question. Um, but in a free society, you know, the only, the only strength you have is if somebody comes out and says something that is negative about you, uh, if it's libelous and it's, intent, it's got malice, it's intent to hurt, and it's a known lie that they're promoting, then you can go after them. And that's exactly what people have to do. Charlie Kirk went after them and threatened um, legal action. And of course, they knew they were wrong. And their producers and everybody else realized they shouldn't have said that stuff. So uh, they apologized. Likewise, we see uh, Donald Trump, former President Trump, is now apparently suing CNN and some other places for uh, maligning him and for promoting lies about him. You know, the Russia nonsense uh, that he was attached to Russia. Uh, and it's been proved now that of course he was not. He had nothing to do with that at all. That was all made up by who? Who else made up something like that? Hmm. Was it the Republicans who made that up? No, it was Hillary Clinton and the Democrats who did all of that. Right? Oh, yeah. Where's the commission on that to figure out that? Um, no, of course we don't have that. So I, I just wanted to say that you shouldn't say things that are not true about someone just because you want to hurt them. If there's something true that's negative and you can prove it, then you have every right to say it. And then when you get called out, you better be able to back it up. Otherwise, uh, you shouldn't have said it in the first place. And seeing Charlie Kirk and Trump and, and other people uh, go after people who lie about them uh, is how the system is supposed to work. You don't riot and loot and burn and destroy uh, and cancel. You go to court. Have your case heard. And let, the, let a court adjudicate whether or not someone has done something wrong. And that's probably the most appropriate way uh, to do things. Now, we are seeing, um, it does kind of appear like Trump is going to run again. I think everybody kind of expects him to run again because he's not the kind of guy that, that just sits down and goes away. But he hasn't formally announced it. Now, of course, I think there's a strategy uh, for the Republicans here going into the uh, midterm elections that it looks like Lots of people are fed up with uh, Joe Biden and his crazy policies that have destroyed our economy now, put us into recession, 9% uh, inflation, highest in 40 years, uh, $4 and something a gallon gas prices, uh, making life very difficult for the average American. Uh, I think people are fed up with that, and I think uh, they're going to they're gonna vote the other way. You know, I've been hemming and hawing because, you know, I don't always have the greatest faith that people will do what's right, because there's a lot of people out there, the orange man, I can't vote for him. Even if, I've heard people say, I, I'll pay $20 a gallon gas, I don't want him back in the White House. You know, absurdly stupid, that it's as stupid as people riding in their car by themselves, still wearing a mask. I was at the beach the other day, and I saw somebody sitting on the beach, by themselves on a, in a beach chair under an umbrella, all by themselves on the beach, wearing a mask. What is the corona going to sneak up and run up their nose? Unbelievable. But 
these are there's some people out there like that. Uh, and I think they're going to vote against their own self-interest for their own nonsensical ways. And people have a hard time. They can't admit they were wrong. They can't go, you know, I was frustrated by the constant pounding of the news and the negativity. And it was. It was miserable when Trump was president. Every day is negative stories. Negative, 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 negative. Uh, you know, the economy hits the newest height. Yeah, but it left a lot of people out. You know, it it it, it, it was fantastic. We have, uh, we have the greatest... GDP we've had in years. Yeah, but it's racist GDP. No matter what it was, it was negative. It was negative, negative, negative. And I can understand a lot of people just get beat up by it. I had a simple way to handle it. I turned everything off except America Out Loud. I just listened to that, and that solved my problem. I didn't have to listen to all the nonsense. But a lot of people got beat up over the constant pounding and the negativity, and they just wanted calm. They wanted calm. So they voted for old Joe Biden because, you know, old Joe Biden's always been like a nobody in the background. He's been around forever. He's like your old uncle that sniffs the children. That's kind of weird. Um, but he, uh, he, he, you know, he would, okay, he'll be okay. Not realizing that with the person you vote for, whether you like them or not personally, there comes policies. And we are in the situation we're in because of that, right? So that's kind of what happened here. So we're seeing that um, because Trump is probably going to run again, I think the Republican strategy is to keep everything focused on Joe Biden, the economy, these left-wing policies, uh, the squad, and all their nonsense that they're all about. And the average American has probably had just about enough of all of that and wants to change, wants to change back. Maybe they don't want to change back to the orange man, but uh, they certainly don't want to go down this liberal uh, progressive panacea highway that's really nothing but a, a road to destruction. Um, isn't it funny how I put all those, you know, travel areas together, road to highway this and road to destruction. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was clever. Um, but anyway, uh, so Trump is hemming and hawing and we saw the Republican party now has come out and basically said to him, do not announce before the elections. Because the thinking being, if Trump announces before then, uh, it'll be very exciting to Trump supporters and that'll be great, but it will also gin up the, um, gin up the base of the Democrats and the liberals, and that could have a change on what happens at the polls. People say, it's Trump. I don't, I don't want the orange man. I'm not voting for the Republicans because they're going to kill us all, right? And they'll, they'll, go run, they'll go running to the polls. But if he stays out till after the election, then we'll focus on uh, Biden and his policies. I think that makes a lot of sense. So, Mr. President, I know you listen. I know you tune into Chasing Justice, and I know you listen to America Out Loud. I'm asking you to consider this. Come out and say you're going to run the day after the elections are settled. And if the Republicans take everything back, then you come out and say, okay, guess what? I'm going to run. Uh, and that doesn't interfere with any strategy or thinking or, or voting plan. Until then, I would say just keep coming out and pointing out what's wrong with our country. Um, but don't make any announcement. That's my advice, Mr. President. Uh, you take it or leave it as you will. But I think that would be the smartest thing to, to, to do. Now, he doesn't have to just worry about, you know, them uh, being mad at him if he came out early. But, you know, all the rhinos that were against him to begin with. You know, rhinos are not our friends either. Uh, I'm a more conservative kind of guy. And these rhinos are, are not really solid Republicans doing the right thing for the country. They do what's right for themselves, however they can work it out. So I'm not real a fan of the rhinos. Um, so I try to be fair about it, right? When I come out, I want what's right for my country, what's right for my family, and what helps uh, helps everyone be better off. And I think that's a conservative point of view. So Trump um, 
is is being investigated by the DOJ for January 6th. Um, now listen, I, I've said this before. Uh, get your pencils ready down in the basements. Get your pencils ready. Get your pencils ready. Are you ready? Okay, good. Um, January 6th was, was bad. The riot at the Capitol was bad. It should not have happened. Those people should not have gone into the Capitol. They should not have raised a finger to the law enforcement that was there. They shouldn't have damaged anything. Whatever they did uh, that day, uh, they should have peacefully protested outside and let their voices be heard. That is what we're supposed to do. And when you look at that, that is exactly what President Trump told those people to do. He said, in a little while, I understand you're going to go up to the Capitol. You're going to go up there and you're going to peacefully protest and let them hear, let your voices be heard. Now that, on its face value, he didn't say, go to the Capitol, kick in the doors, go in there and, and kill all those people that we don't like. He didn't say any of that. That is being insinuated because they have to find a way to get rid of him. So they're insinuating. So this investigation, the problem I have with it is that it's one-sided, right? We're not getting, uh, we're not getting both sides presented here. We're not getting uh, two sides of the argument. We're not getting different witnesses. We're not being able to question any witnesses uh, other than favorably towards the way that the committee wants to go, which is anti-Trump. So let's say you and your neighbor had a problem uh, over a tree. You know how trees grow over onto other people's lawns? And if it goes onto your property, you have every right to go straight up from your property line and cut those branches off because they're on your property side now. You can cut them off. So you ask your neighbor, hey, could you do me a favor? Could you cut those branches off? They're hanging over my yard. There's leaves getting in my pool. And the neighbor says, yeah, I, I see that, but no, I don't want to do it. And you say, well, uh, I think you should because they're getting leaves in my pool and it's on my property. So I'm going to cut it down if you don't. Don't you dare cut it down. Well, next thing you know, you get sick of it. You go out there and you cut it down. And your neighbor gets mad at you, comes over, punches you in the face. You have a big problem, boom, boom, boom. And the cops come. Now there's going to be a court case. And here you are. You were within your rights. You asked nicely. You didn't uh, say, tell your neighbor you were going to hurt them. You'd do anything. To, you said, you, you got to cut this down. It's hanging over. And I'm going to do it myself. And then you did it. And your neighbor attacked you. The neighbor physically harmed you. The neighbor uh, caused all kinds of problems. And now... You're being investigated. The police are investigating this whole incident, and they're going to call witnesses. So you say, "Okay, I want my uh, I want my neighbor Bob here who hurt." No, no, we're not. We don't want to hear from Bob. Um, we're just going to listen to your neighbor's witnesses, which is his wife, his kid, his uh, his cousin-in-law. Uh, we're going to listen to those people. Yeah, but those people weren't even here. It doesn't matter. They know what he was thinking, and we're going to call your neighbor across the street who uh, had a problem with you three years ago about garbage cans, and he's going to testify to your hostile temper and how you, you don't do things appropriate. Yeah, but my neighbor across the street had nothing to do with the trees. I never even talked. Yeah, but we're going to call that person. You kind of get the idea? You can build this up as much as you want. It's a one-sided effort here. Everyone on that committee is out simply to besmirch and to hurt Donald Trump and prevent him from running. All the witnesses are anti-Trump. And Trump's people, and I don't mean Trump people himself because they're not involved, but the other side is not allowed to have representatives. Historically, when they have a, a, a committee like this, the Republicans pick their members that they want on the committee and the Democrats pick theirs. They have to be approved by the Speaker of the House. But historically, whoever both sides picked got put on the committee. In this case, 
the Republicans that were chosen to be on the committee to make things fair, to be able to ask questions and question witnesses appropriately, uh, Jim Jordan, and I think um, I think the guy from Utah, I can't think of his name at the moment, um, they were chosen to be on the committee. And Nancy Pelosi said, no, no, no. I want uh, this Liz Cheney, who is an anti-Trump nut, uh, and and this Hazel Rig, or not Hazel Rig, I can't think of the guy's name, uh, begins with an H, um, I think it is. Anyway, he's an anti-Trumper. Those two are going to be the Republicans on the committee. And everyone sits back and looks at this and goes, well, you know, we're learning a lot in this committee. What are you learning? You're learning a, a narrative that they're spewing out with witnesses that spew out their side of the story. You don't have any ability to, um, to cross-examine these witnesses appropriately. You can't bring your own witnesses. It's all one-sided. Now imagine if that was you. And that's all I'm saying here to my friends in the basement in their underwear taking notes. Imagine if you were subject to a one-sided investigation where only your enemy could bring in, th- and then everyone only learned their side. How do you think it's going to come out? How do you think this is going to come out? Is anybody blind enough and stupid enough to think that this committee is not going to come out and go, Trump caused it? Trump caused the riot. His words caused the riot. He called for all this kind of stuff. He wanted them to do it. We know what's in his mind. He's got to go. We can't have him anymore. Does anybody think it's not, it's going to come out any other way than that? And if you can't see that coming, I want you to go to a mirror. I want you to look in the mirror and say to yourself, why can't I see what's so obvious in front of my face? Now, I don't think many of you out there in Chasing Justice land fit that bill. But I know there's a lot of my friends on the left who do listen, uh, along with those people in the basements in their underwear taking notes. Um, Look in the mirror and say to yourself, how did you not see Biden's policies coming to destroy and damage the country when you know historically the policies he promotes would do that and have done that every time in the past? How did you not know that? So look deep into your own eyes. Look into there. Look way in there and go, am I stupid uh, what's wrong with me? Why don't I see the obvious when it's there? Now, I'm being facetious, and I don't mean to call people stupid. I apologize. Um, let's go with dumb, right? How, do you, how can you, how can, what's the old saying? Um, the definition of crazy is doing things over and over the same way and expecting a different outcome. Well, when we see historically over and over and over again, a certain set of policies leads to strength, freedom, and growth and another set of policies policies leads to recession, pain, and a shrinking of your freedom and your rights, and you keep voting the same way. That's crazy. That's a crazy thing to do, right? But you have to add in what's unique here is uh, Trump derangement syndrome. And, you know, I used to laugh when I heard that. You know, oh, come on, people are just, they're, they're just against Trump policies, which is legitimate. You can be against Trump policies. That's a legitimate thing here in America. But you start to realize that when it's against their own self-interest and all they can go back to is they they start foaming at the mouth and screaming about Trump and Trump sees a hater and he, he wants to grab women by the crotch and he wants to do this and, and, and they can't breathe and they get, they get hyperventilated over the whole thing. Said, there really is something to that. There really is something to it. Um, it it's kind of a strange thing to watch and, and I'm sorry that that's happening. But what we're seeing here um, is I, I and I heard this uh, on another show, so I want to give them credit. Um, 
I'll give him credit as soon as I can think of the name of the show as I'm flipping through the dials. Um, that what we're going to see here is you see the Department of Justice is hinting very closely uh, that they're going to do something against Hunter Biden. And the belief is, well, the whole idea is if they go after Hunter Biden for his obvious uh, things that he's done that are indictable, uh, just the gun thing alone, buying a gun and marking down you don't have a drug problem when you're a stone junkie um, is pretty pretty obvious. But there's many other things. All these business deals have never been looked into and influence buying of his father. Joe Biden, I never spoke to my son ever about his business dealings. And now we know he met 14 different business partners of his sons, right? Just came out on the news the other day. Where's the, where's the media swarming to the White House demanding how come not just one? Okay, maybe he forgot one guy. He forgot one guy he met on a golf course one time that worked with his son. 14 different people? Now, you know, you caught him. You caught him in a lie. Now, where's, where's the investigative reporters out there? Well, they all are woke and they all want to keep their job. So nobody's going to do nothing. That's the bottom line there. But we're hearing that they might indict uh, Hunter. And the purpose of indicting Hunter is to push Joe Biden off the stage. Because it seems like our Democratic friends realize he's too old, his policies have been horrible, he's in the 30s in his approval, which is just unbelievably low. And they can't have him. Plus, you know, he's, he's just probably too old. He can't, he can't speak anymore. He stumbles and bumbles. He's obviously got some, some mental issues going on for an elderly person. You know, that's, that's nothing personal against him. That's what happens when you're, when you're his age. So they're looking to get rid of him. And more and more you're seeing people on the left talk about getting rid of him. Get rid of him. Get another candidate. We need somebody else. So if they indict Hunter, then the only thing for Joe Biden to do while he's still president would be to pardon his son. Right? Um, now, is that right? Is that wrong? Is it indifferent? If your kid got in trouble and you had an opportunity to have them forgiven for it, you know, you would say, I would do the right thing. I'd let him go to jail for what he did. Well, the reality is that could lead back to you in this particular case. So I wouldn't blame Joe Biden for pardoning his son. I'm talking like a father, right? Right, wrong, or indifferent. He's, he would, of course, have to pardon his son so his son wouldn't go to jail for 50 years or whatever. And that move alone would be enough to push everybody to go, oh, my God, he pardoned his son and this and that. We can't have, and then they would get their new candidate. So that's the theory um, that was that was put out there. And I just can't think of the name of the two guys, their radio show, and I apologize. Um, I should have jotted it down. When I get it for the next episode, I will tell you who it was because I like to give credit where credit's due. You have to be honest in this business. A lot of people, you know, they listen to somebody else and then they steal all their stuff, and, and I find that to be horrible. Rush Limbaugh used to hate that. And the great Mark Levin uh, who I think uh, the great one is awesome. He's always talking about the backbenchers, the backbenchers. They listen to me and then they come out with it, the backbenchers. So um, I like to give credit where credit's due. So that's, that's. Um, the, I'm sorry. So the other side of that is they're going to they're gonna go after Hunter. They'll indict him. And then the Department of Justice feels clear that they can indict Donald Trump uh, over uh, January 6th, that he incited it, that he failed to do it, he was misfeasance, whatever they can come up with. They can you, The law... And ask any cop, any investigator, any lawyer. The law books we have are very big, thick books. You can always find something to charge somebody with. We used to say in law enforcement, if you follow somebody long enough in their car, 
they'll make a mistake that's illegal. You know, they rolled through a stop sign. They went through a, a red light by accident. They crossed the center line. They didn't use a, a turn signal, whatever. You follow somebody long enough, they weaved, right? You'll have a reason to pull them over. Well, our law books are big, thick books. If somebody wants to go after you in a prosecution position, they can find something to charge you with. So they're, they're looking to find a way to charge Trump with something uh, at the same time they try to charge Hunter, and then they can turn around and say, oh, uh, uh, see, we're fair. We're fair here completely no matter what happens. Uh, we're fair. It doesn't matter if you're the son of the president or a former president of the United States. We're going to go after you, uh, and it's as simple as that. So I think that's, um, that's the idea of, of what they're looking at here, um, I guess. And I like these guys' theory. I like their theory, so that's why I'm telling it to you, because it sounds reasonable to me. Now, we only have a minute left here on this episode. They go quick, don't they? Time goes quick. Um, I want to talk about Uvalde. I talked about that in a previous episode, and I'm going to talk about it more. I'm, I'm doing a, uh, a webinar for Campus Safety Magazine on September 8th about Uvalde and what went wrong uh, as far as the response in the school security. But one of the things in the Texas report, now it's an interim report, it's not the final report, the interim report says that there's a concern that there was some complacency on the side of school officials for the lockdown uh, and the ability to lock down because there's a thing called bailouts, a bailout. The bailouts are about the Border Patrol chasing illegal aliens who have snuck across the border and they try to run from the border patrol in cars and they get into car chases and then they stop and they bail out of the car and go running through neighborhoods. Well, when these when this happens, where if there's a school district nearby, they put the school into lockdown. And apparently this happened 56 times in the last year near the Uvalde school. So therefore a lockdown, another lockdown is just a lockdown. I don't know. I'm going to investigate this farther and I'll get back to you with it. I want to thank you for being here. Uh, it's food for thought. But can you imagine that because of these bailouts, that leads to a border problem, which leads to a policy problem? It's all connected, my friends. So this is Lieutenant Joe for Chasing Justice, signing off for this episode. Remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. We'll see you next time. <laughs>